How will the Falcons switch to a 3-4 front under new defensive coordinator Jimmy Lake affect their personnel and their defense? You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, everyone, to another illustrious episode of the Locked on Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of Locked on Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And if you don't know me, I'm your very humble host, Aaron Freeman, been covering the Falcons for far too long, formerly at Falcons.com, RIP. You may also know me as Sirius Black, as Mr. Drew, as Mr. A.K.A. And of course, I appreciate each and every one of you that is an everydayer of this illustrious podcast. And all you got to do to make this podcast your first listen or first watch of the day is subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. So without further ado, today's episode, as we often do to wrap up the week, will be featuring my guest Jarvis Davis of Locked On Sports Atlanta talking about the most recent press conferences uh, featuring Zach Robinson and Jimmy Lake. So let's jump right into that conversation with Jarvis Davis right now. Welcome back, everyone, to another illustrious episode of the Locked On Falcons podcast with, of course, our very favorite and most illustrious guest. He is Jarvis Davis of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And today we're talking all about the recent presser from the new Falcons coordinators and defensive coordinator Jimmy Lake, offensive coordinator Zach Robinson, as well as retaining special teams coordinator Marquise Williams. And, you know, we've, we've heard from Marquise many times over the years, so no offense to special teams. It does matter, but I don't know if we're going to be talking too much about special teams on today's episode. Let's talk about the thing that is, you know, at the core of Jarvis's heart, which is yes. defense. Yes. And we heard officially from Jimmy Lake, the Falcons' new defensive coordinator, that the team is moving back to a base 3-4 defense. And so, Jarvis, I put it to you. Are you a fan of this? Do you think this matters? You know, what does this sort of mean to you? I think I'm absolutely I'm a big fan of it, because when you think about, you know, what they've brought in in, in the past couple of years, I in I, a guy like Arnold Abbott, we started to see some development there. And to be honest with you, in a four three situation, I don't know where Arnold Abbott fits. Like, he's not a stand with the linebacker, you know, so you're basically going to be bringing him in. On, on, on third and long when you're going to be in nickel. Now, granted, you be in nickel probably, what, 75% of the time most teams are. Yeah, I get that aspect of it. But, you know, you want that guy to be have as many opportunities to rush the passer as he possibly can. And you only can do that by him being on those early downs as well. So if, you know, given how this personnel is, and I just, that's on every case, just one guy. Another guy that, you know, potentially could benefit from this, and I, and I really want to see what he brings to the table, is D'Angelo Malone. You know, the, he was a guy that was brought in to be one of those edge rushers, outside linebacker type guys. He kind of got lost in the sauce last year because, you know, he's not that 4-3 stand-up linebacker like that you talked about. So I think that them switching to it as 3-4 will be, able, will, will be a, a smooth – Back to a 3-4 would be a smooth transition because you really didn't weren't able to bring in a full personnel from a 4-3 standpoint. You know, you got you brought in a guy like Zach Harrison. We saw some good things from him. Um, I, I think he'll be able to be a guy that can 
line up in that four hour or, or that five, you know, in a, in a base and then be able to rush um, on inside or outside um, in, on third and long. So I think there, there's the versatility there that, that I really like uh, with them sticking with it, going back to the three, four. So um, I, I agree with you. Um, you know, I've, I've gone on the record many times being like, it doesn't matter as much as people make it out to be because it's just like, okay, do your edge rushers stand up or do they put their hand in the dirt to rush the quarterback? And that's probably the biggest change. But uh, one criticism I have seen from folks is like the three, four isn't necessarily the best usage of Grady Jarrett, right? That Grady mm -hmm. Jarrett is more of that classic three tech pin your ears back, get after the quarterback. Now we've seen, you know, no one's Aaron Donald, but we've seen Aaron Donald be spend pretty much the bulk no of the career playing <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a three, four defense. Right. So, exactly. and, and that gets to why, like I, I talk about why it doesn't necessarily matter as much because a lot of the three, four teams, which is a traditional two gap scheme, basically one gap out of the three, four front and all that stuff. But I'm curious when you look at, you know, I think the three, four definitely meshes probably a little bit better with the current edge rushers. Is there any concern that defense may make some of the interior guys like Grady Jarrett and David Onyemata a little less effective? Absolutely not. I, I hope. I mean, I, the people who are that that would say that, I feel like they didn't really pay attention to when DPS came in, and they really started to move Grady around a little a little bit. You know, you saw him out on the edge. I wasn't necessarily a big fan of that, but you did see him move around, and he was able to get some one on one blocking because he was able to move around in that three, four type spot, right? Because, you know, once lined up in a three tech, one thing about that, like you're going to catch some double teams pretty consistently. And if there's in, in a three, four, you can move those guys around. Like I said, talk about that four eye line up in the inside of that, that tackle. Yeah. Those, that, those for the most part, you're going to be able to get that one-on-one -on -one block. And that's what you want, regardless of where, where you're lined up. It's depending on the formation and formations uh, matters a lot too. Uh, when you got a tight end, and so of course you can get some doubles there. But if you're lined up over the tackle, and and you're in base, and it's first down, and they come out throwing the ball, more than likely you're gonna be getting that one on one blocking because nobody two gaps anymore, like in the three in the NFL. More more than likely you're gonna hear a, a one and a half gaps type scheme. That's what you hear nowadays, or mostly because. You know, I I used to two gap in college, <laughs> like that. That was a very long time ago when I was in college. So you know, those days are long gone, my brother. You'll see no Gilbert Browns running around like that, like you used to. Sam Adams and those and Tony Saragusa, those guys. You see the guys have the body types have changed. So I think I'm not concerned at all that that the greater Jerry. Only thing I'm concerned about is whether he's fully healthy coming off an injury, and you know, as long as he's fully healthy coming off an injury. It, it don't matter what 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 whether in the odd or even front. Yeah, I think that's fair, and I, and for me, it, it gets to what I want to talk to you about next on the podcast, which is, you know, are we going to see this team be proactive in free agency to get more of that personnel that fits that three four front after being very active in free agency last offseason to get the guys to fit Ryan Nielsen's front, but it, it does make me think like, well, if Grady Jarrett and David Onyemata are primarily only being used in, in nickel defense and passing situations, you know, that way you're going to be there. It's not, they're not strictly playing roles. That's where you can kind of move them around to sort of feature the best matchup in that situation. Um, and, and so I do want to pick your brain Jarvis on uh, maybe some potential free agent options that the Falcons could explore uh, in order to facilitate 
that type of thing. We'll break that down as we continue today's Locked on Falcons. So, guys, I went to the grocery store on the day of the big game, and it was a pretty big hassle, right? There was long lines of sitting there with six items in the self-checkout aisle, sitting here going like, why am I doing this, right? I have DoorDash. I'm pushing it on a podcast on a weekly basis, right? I'm looking like a fool standing in line, you know, when I don't necessarily need to because DoorDash can give me delivery on everything, including groceries. It's the all-in-one app for my everyday needs as well as yours, whether you're looking for groceries, trying to get food from restaurants, trying to buy flowers, gifts. So next time you're running low on dinner ideas, pet supplies, or just time, you can get so much more than you realize delivered. Football season may be over, but we're in the thick of basketball games, the school year, and let's face it, winter. I can think of a million reasons daily to order on DoorDash, get dinner for tonight, groceries for the week, or a consolation prize for your sad friends in the Bay Area, all on DoorDash. Hit the DoorDash app and make your day a little bit easier by getting everything you need delivered. So continuing today's Locked on Falcons, we're here with Jarvis Davis before we get into the conversation about free agency. I do want to plug the Locked on Sports Today 24-7 YouTube streaming channel, the first of its kind. It's available on YouTube as well as Amazon Fire TV. Check it out if you want to get the biggest headlines for all the national leagues and national shows along with the local expertise. And if you're looking for more local flavor for your Locked on Sports. Check out Locked on Sports Atlanta's 24-7 streaming channel as well. So Jarvis talking about, you know, the free agent. I was I was telling this to the Locked on Falcons insiders. Link in the description below if you want to become one of those folks. But after the announcement of Jimmy Lake, I was like, this to me signals that we're going to see a couple of free agents. Maybe some guys that are like former Rams. Greg Gaines played that nose tackle position next to Aaron Donald. Ashawn Robinson was a big sort of run plugger. And it goes back to something that the conversation we were having throughout the early part of last season, where we saw this sort of revolving door of D tackles for the Falcons at the 4-3 position. It was like one week it was Albert Huggins and then Timmy Horn and LaCale London and all this. And so they were just finding, trying to find guys to, to give them a better, stronger rotation so that they could basically lead it could lead to Grady Jarrett and David Anyamata not wearing down over the course of the season because you want to keep those guys were playing far too many snaps at that point in the season. And then eventually they find Contavious street. And then of course, Grady Jarrett gets hurt like the very next week uh, after they make that trade. Um, and then we saw David Anyamata, the turf monster in New York or New Jersey, I should say, got him at towards the end of the season. And he started to slow down in that last month. And so, all that to say, like I, that still to me is a, a big issue that they need to deal with. And to me, it makes a ton of sense for the Falcons to go out there and find some of those freedoms like Gaines, like Robinson, et cetera, that can be those guys so that we're not dealing with that issue so that you can have Grady Jarrett and David Onyemata fresh in December and hopefully January and all those various things. But I'm, I'm curious for you, do you want to see this team be proactive again on the defensive side of the ball to get in some of those pieces that can help this defense? Absolutely. I'd rather them do it now and have those guys going into camp, like knowing that, hey, you got bodies. Like Ashawn Robinson comes in out coming out of uh Alabama. We know what those guys are. Six four, six five, three oh five, like you know, those are kind of guys, not necessarily two gapping, but hey, if they if they have to take on a half, one and a half man to keep them all that linebacker, that's exactly what those exact type of guys that you need to bring in to bring into this to this system. And I think that, you know, that's the and you want to be proactive about that right now versus in the season because a lot of times 
we, I mean, I understand that they brought some guys in that were able to, you know, fill some spots. I, I want them to bring in some young guys that can fill in, come in and come in um, in that first year too. Not only in free agent, but just through through the draft because I think that there are some some guys that fit that 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 three four type system that you can bring in some young guys that can come in and have and have an effect right away um, versus you know getting guys off the scrap heap. Now I, I like the combination though. I like the combination of the two. You know, being able to draft guys and um, getting a free agent, but I would prefer they go go about that now. Once the new league years jumps in, go ahead and go start talking to some of those guys, like you mentioned, because they're going to be in that same system. They've been in before. They understand what Raheem Morris expects. You know, with Jimmy Lake now being the defensive coordinator, I feel like that those are that's the best best route to go right there. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Like, I, I definitely think they need to draft some young guys up front. Um, you know that. That's probably going to be true to the day I die. Uh, they yes, they always need to add, add to that room. But that's the thing about the draft. It's like you don't know how the board is going to fall. You don't quite yeah. know. It, it, it's it To me, it always makes sense to be like, okay, we got somebody in free agency. And even if it's just kind of a body, even if it's a Bud Dupree, even if it's a Lorenzo Carter, it's just somebody like we know what this guy is. We know what he can do on the football field. And if we draft a better player, great. That's awesome. That means, you know, he'll be there for 17 games too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it helps Um, too. (laughs) But if, if we, if we, if that guy isn't available, the draft doesn't go the way that we, we think it's going to go, then we still have at least an option there in the room. And, you know, we're not sitting there scrambling in August trying to find some guys off the, the, the waiver wire or at the trade deadline trying to figure these things out. So, um, yeah, I, I think the Falcons, need to address their front uh in March and in April. Um mm-hmm. and I think, you know, it's just it's just part of building that rotation, right? That, you know, Ryan Nielsen's not here anymore, but we knew one of the things that Ryan Nielsen wanted to do here in Atlanta and we didn't get to see it play out, obviously. Um, but it's having that sort of eight man rotation in the four three, um, where it's just like we can just constantly have bodies on the field so that our best players, the Grady Jarrett's, the David Onyemata's, the Arnold Abiquettis, the Dallas Turners, um, you know, can be out there fresh on the football field on, on money downs. But when on first and second down, you don't need those guys out there because you have plenty of other guys that can do, sort of do the job uh, and, and whatnot. And so you just have this constant rotation so those, those guys can be fresh. And, you know, we, we didn't quite have that last year and hopefully we can continue to make strides to, to building that this year i think and I, and i think that you know raheem morris is truly understands that I, I think that just given his base right given the where he's come where he comes from like his base is on the defensive side of the football and i think that given what they put on film put on tape last year and we saw what you know grady jared was doing and we saw what david onyamata was able to do you know, with that in that rotation, and that I shoot, I'll go ahead and say it. Like I didn't cover, I don't cover the Saints, but just from looking at it and going up against a guy like Cameron Jordan on a consistent basis, you know, twice a year and seeing there and being there and, see, and watching that, there's a reason why he's been able to be so effective for so long. Like, like that rotation stuff matters, man. Like, I understand that people want to have that guy in there or have the best player in there. You want him in there all the time, but. When you have, when you're in a space where you can get max, you get uh, 95% Grady Jarrett pretty much every time he's in the game versus 85 to 75 by playing every play, 
it, it, it the math is easy. It's easy. Like it's easy. Like make sure you have some guys that that can come in and and spell those guys consistently with that rotation. But man, I'm telling you, it, it's it gives that motivation like like no other when you know that hey, I can go a thousand percent, and I know that hey, I'm going to be able to get a breather. And then once I get my breather, I'm coming back and I'm giving you a thousand percent again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I think one way you can think about it is like it's like a running back rotation, right? Where it's like you get three snaps, he gets three snaps. You get three snaps, he gets three snaps. And the ideal sort of rotation committee, whatever you want to call it, is when both guys can do everything. And so the defense isn't be like, oh, this guy's in the game. It's definitely a run because this guy is a terrible pass protector or a terrible pass catcher. Right. Or this guy's in the game and he's definitely their third down pass protecting back like you want to have like and we saw that here in Atlanta especially in the Shanahan years when it was Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman at the height of their powers Absolutely. I think we were building towards that with Arthur Smith and, and Bijan and Art Tyler Algier we didn't get it come fully to fruition but you know I, I yeah. think that's you know Zach Robinson there. Is, yeah. is, is, is inheriting a relatively good situation because he doesn't have to lay the foundation he can just kind of take the ball and keep building off of it after Arthur Smith uh, did all the hard work, I guess you could say. Uh, and and speaking of that, um, Jarvis, I want to pick your brain on Zach Robinson and whether or not listening to him talk, did we get any insights into what direction the team might go at the quarterback position? And uh, I think, I don't know if we've had a conversation on this podcast, Jarvis, about where direction you would like to see the Falcons go at the quarterback position. So let's have that conversation to wrap up today's Locked on Falcons. Now, are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further? Ever wonder what adventure could be around the next corner? Our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. The 2024 Nissan Rogue is perfect for city drives and great escapes. It's the perfect mid-sized crossover for your next adventure. I can attest because I had a rental car that was a Nissan Rogue during my week long sojourn down to Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl. You know, it's a smooth ride. It's got great features. Uh, Ian Rappaport, you know, hanging out with Ian at nights, you know, getting the scoop on NFL insiders. But, you know, he, he he's not reporting on coaches. He's reporting on the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen that the Nissan Rogue has, right? That infotainment system that no longer needs your phone to connect to apps like Google Assistant, Google Maps, and, and Google Play Store because it's built right in. And Nissan's incredible lineup also includes the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder that has room up to eight, an expansive cargo capacity, and 284 horsepower. So take the Nissan Rogue, the Nissan Pathfinder, or the Nissan Amida and go find your next big adventure. ShopNissanUSA.com. So continuing and wrapping up today's Locked on Falcons, uh, here with Jarvis Davis of Locked on Sports Atlanta. Let's talk quarterback. We've been talking quarterback all week long on Locked on Falcons. We'll continue to talk quarterback all month long on Locked on Falcons, all year long on Locked on Falcons. It is the big topic uh, for the next, I guess, nine months uh, or whatever it is till the season starts. Seven months. I can't do math. Um, um, you know, Jarvis, you're rubbing off on me not being able to do math on the podcast. Hey, man, look, you see, I was quiet. I was like, I ain't got nothing to say because I know my math was way off on those postcasts during during the season. Like, I was all my, off. My excuse is like, I don't know if everybody else's brain is wired this way, but like, there's a language part of my brain and there's a math part of my brain. And when I'm talking, Absolutely. I can't access the math part of my brain. So I have to stop 
in order to do math and then get back. So I, I, yes. I understand that struggle, Jarvis. I understand that struggle. Um, <laughs> let's, let's talk quarterback, right? Yeah. Um, and one of the things I, I've mentioned this week on the podcast is talking about, you know, potentially the Falcons pursuing Kirk Cousins. And part of that is because it feels like just by looking at the fact that Arthur Smith got fired, that there is pressure on Raheem Morris and this staff to come in right away and win. Like, this is not going to be like, oh, well, we'll give you two years to figure it out. And then year three, you know, it's like, no, Arthur Smith is like, or I'm sorry, Arthur Blank is like, I just got rid of the last guy because he only won seven games. Like, that ain't, I ain't about that life more. <laughs> so um, it, it does feel like there's going to be pressure on the Falcons to go after a veteran quarterback. Although, obviously, if they can land one of these top quarterbacks in the draft, you have potential. Again, we know the hit rate on quarterbacks is, is not great there. But there, at least the potential is there for long-term stability at that position. And so, Jarvis, I'm just curious to pick your brain on it. You know, how do you sort of view this situation for the quarterback? Is Do you feel like there is pressure for the Falcons to go out there and get a more proven veteran option? And, you know, who would that sort of ideally be in your eyes? Or, you know, do you have your eyes on maybe one of these young guys in the draft? I think there's a mispressure to get this quarterback position right overall. Like, I, I think because – when you just listen to Terry Fontenot, listen to Raheem Morris, and listen to Zach Robertson yesterday and we talk in their presser, one thing that they've been pretty consistent about is just saying all options are on the table. And when I hear that consistently, that lets you know that these guys have had conversations, regardless of what people, uh, uh, what Raheem Morris said, they've had conversations about quarterbacks before today. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to get a quarterback. No, no. They've, they've been sitting in that room saying, hey, man, we about to try to, we got to figure this thing out because I think that that's the, that's the big, what, an 800 pound elephant in the room? That's how uh, Raheem Morris referring to it as. Like, yeah, I think they do have to get this. I think there's a lot of pressure on them because when you think about where the way this team is currently constructed, we talked about earlier about how uh well Jimmy Lake mentioned that, hey, I watched the film. I got some talent. We got some, we got something to work with. And and then on the offensive side of the football, Zach Robinson talked about how, you know, you got you got Kyle Pitts and you got Bajan Robinson, and then Raheem Morris was excited to um yell Jake London's name when he was talking about what they have on the offensive side of the football too. So yeah, there's there's they have something to work with. So is there, there's there's no salary cap issues that you know that was thrust upon us. Then you know I don't hold, I don't buy into that salary cap stuff because in a division with the Saints where they've been in salary cap captivity or hell or whatever you want to call it for the past seven years and they just been figuring it out and still trying find ways to to be find their way into the playoffs or at least compete for it. You know on on a yearly basis. So I think right now. The, the the Falcons have to get it out. And I think that that's why I feel like it makes sense for them to go after a free agent quarterback or a guy who might be walking on the street that might get cut because the team don't want him anymore or the guy who's asking for $90 million over the next two years and Kirk Cousins or Russell Wilson. And then I'm all for them getting a, a young guy too. Now, I, I wouldn't – Depending on who's available, and more than likely those top three guys are going to be gone. I'm not, I'm not really a fan of trying to trade up for a guy. I, I just don't, you know, it's just, I just feel weird about that because I feel like there's some good options. But I think that if they can find themselves a quarterback 
uh, via free agency or trade. Um, I, I think that that'll be the best route to go. And then also get the money, depending on who you get via trade, you can get a young young quarterback in the draft this year as well. I'm curious, Jarvis, because we've had private conversations about this, but let's have a public one. Um, what, what are your thoughts on trading for Justin Fields? I'm all for it. Because here's the thing, man. Guys play NFL games. The guy has shown flashes, right, of that he can be an effective quarterback. He sh- he showed it when he, when he played against the Falcons this year. He dropped 40 points, you know, <laughs> against this team, against a defense that had been playing pretty well for the most part um, throughout the entire season. So I, I, I really feel like Justin would be very interesting. I feel like Justin Fields would make Zach Robinson's job a little easier just from a game plan standpoint, right? You're talking about a guy that's coming off of making uh, being his first time being a play caller, you know, in the NFL. And you having all these weapons, right? And then you got a quarterback that's a dual threat guy. So that gives the defense something else to think about instead of a versus a guy who's just a pocket passer. So when you think about all those elements, you got a tight end who can line up when healthy, he can line up and be effective, you know, pretty much anywhere on the field. You got to be John Robinson who you can line up anywhere and be effective and be very effective at his regular spot. Just turn around and hand it off to him. So when you think about that group, that element and look at what he did in Chicago this year with a true number one wide receiver. DJ Moore had his best year ever. And DJ Moore has played with a lot of bums, a quarterback. And for him to have his best season with Justin Fields, that should tell you something. Drake London should be very happy. So, yeah, I am all for the Falcons going and making that trade. And a lot of people like, oh, yeah, they want two first round. Man, don't pay attention to that crap. They want a first round. Oh, don't pay attention to that crap either. I feel like a second round pick will get this thing done. I will stand on that. I've been saying that, and I really feel like a second round pick will get the job done and get and bring Justin Fields in. Okay. Uh, is he at the top of your wish list? Yes, as far as none uh, draft um, non quarterbacks and like guys who are in, coming out in the draft. Yes, he's my, he's okay. number one on my list for sure, definitely. Okay. Okay. Yep. Well, Jarvis, I think we did the thing. Um, without this thing going off the rails as it usually does, uh, know, so man. I'm proud of us. It's what is going on it's, today? It's a, it's a brand new year, I guess. We're, we're, <laughs> um, so I look forward to future com- conversations with you. Uh, we got the gom- combine coming up. Um, you know, what are some of the things that you guys are getting into on Lockdown Sports Atlanta? I know there's a lot of other things going on in in the Georgia Atlanta sports world as well. So go ahead and, and plug what what you want we got uh the locked on hawks postcast the hawks postcast after we're live after every hawks game so you guys want to check that out and we also always are having conversation about whether or not the hawks should trade trey young or trade everybody you know we just we all we have to have those conversations at this yeah. point because it's yeah. team what they what they've been doing so we've been doing that and also Get ready to uh, ramp up this Braves conversation too, man. Pitches and catches reported yesterday on Love Day. How about that, man? You got a lead to go to work, you know, on Valentine's Day. Well, you know, well, their significant others are probably happy and satisfied anyway because, you know, he's probably making about $20 million a year. But anyway, but yes, check out the Locked On Braves postcast, Locked On House postcast on Locked On Sports Atlanta. 
uh, your team every day. <laughs> Jarvis is like, they'll be all right. They'll be all right. <laughs> Wives, girlfriends. They'll yeah, they'll be, be okay. Right. Yeah, they'll be all right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Probably ready for them to leave anyway. So, you know, mm-hmm. at home too long. <laughs> Well, see, there you guys see, have it. We got, got this thing off the rails by the end. Yes. Uh, yeah. By the way, yes, we got it. We snuck it in. 